Put your two hands on the hurl podcast. 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 Hello and welcome to the ninth edition of the Two Hands on the Hurl podcast. I'm the host this week, TJ Mills, and I'm joined as always by the, I was going to say the three musketeers, but I can't say the two amigos because it doesn't make sense. First lad, this lad likes nothing more than spending his weekend with hookers and loves ripping balls from between his legs, all for the good of the team. Mr. Liam O'Neill, how's things? Not too bad, TJ. Just clapping. Loving, loving these, man. Loving these. And just to clarify, just in case the guards call to Liam's house, of course, hookers is a rugby term. And, of course, ripping balls from between lads' legs is rugby term as well, just in case. <laughs> uh, the next man, this is elder of the group. And as much as I would like to <laughs> I was told to respect my elders, so I keep true to my word. How's things, Robbie? That's correct, Eid. You well, boy? Good, thanks. Sorry, Robbie Mansfield. I'm so used to calling you Robbie. How's things? Uh, any crack with you lads? Nah, fuck all, TJ. How long did you uh, spend writing those ones down? Uh, would you believe about five minutes before we started the card? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Dead serious. Dead serious. <laughs> five minutes. I'm used to, I often had to go and do a link on the radio years ago, and I would have nothing done. Absolutely nothing done. So that's why I'm no longer on radio. But <laughs> <laughs> It works well under pressure. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, it can be fun. Uh, busy weekend on the GEA front last weekend. Of course, we're late recording the podcast this week due to unforeseen circumstances. But I hope you're not too disappointed and you're getting it out early enough in the week. But uh, Club County finals took place. Valley Hill Shamrocks, of course, soon three in a row in Club Kenny. Uh, Six Mile Bridge win below and clear. Valley Mount Hickams win the football up in Dublin as well. Question mark, lads, about everyone was glad for the club competitions to come back within counties, but now there are calls for the All-Ireland Club Championship to it begin after it begin in the early new year after the county season. What's your views, lads? Do you think the clubs have a, a bit of a call there? Yeah, I'd say they do. I'd say especially the likes of... Uh... Bally Hale there going for uh, three in a row all Ireland. It's never been done, you know. So I think they'll definitely feel that that's something that they could they could achieve. And you know, that's like obviously it's never been done before. So it would be like you know pretty historic, and they're kind of being denied that chance of uh, going for it, you know. So I definitely think like the clubs will want the like the Leinster and Munster and Ulster and all Ireland series to come back uh, when the intercounty is over for sure. Yeah, no, it's a very valid point, Robbie. I mean, of course, kind of being Kilkenny, we'd be biased, but there are other clubs around the, the country as well. But, I mean, it is a unique achievement to go for. I mean, unlike, say, it's very rare at Intercounty, but, I mean, for club to, I mean, it's where you grow, grew up. It's where lads you went to school with, started hurling with and all of that. And to have, what would you say, have a chance to win three in a row taken away because within Kilkenny anyway, and it's the same within other counties, it's very hard to win a club championship. Uh, what's your views, Liam? Do you think do you think the GA will have to reconsider it? And another thing a friend of mine was saying to me today, we're just discussing, it's another revenue scheme for the GA as well. If they were able to have the club championships in the new year, they'd be hopefully some kind of 
breakthrough with coronavirus or say the case will go down, do you think the GA would have to consider it? Yeah, I think they do. Like, um, I don't see why it's not being considered. Like, um, like mainly just if you take it, look at rugby. Like, with Kilkenny, we're able to play, you know, our league, which is the Leinster League. So we're playing teams all across Leinster. So like, why can't they do it in hurling or in GA or whatever? Like, yeah, no. you know, I'm, I'll be going up and playing teams. We were playing fucking Dundalk or Ashburn or, you know, I know they, they have done a thing where it's like, um, it's a localized league where all the teams in Dublin play each other uh, before Christmas. And then all the other teams in the league will play each other. And then after Christmas, then the double teams and others will start playing each other then. But, um, like, if they could come out with something like that, but um, I don't see why they can't uh, play, say, Lencers or play the provincials at at first and see how they go and then play by year from there. Like, I know each team, for us anyway, we have to fill out, say, the the COVID form first. So it's like... um, Say we train at half seven, we have to have this filled out before six o'clock to say, you know, answer the normal questions. Have you been in close contact? Have you been advised to self isolate? You know, and then you know, go through all your symptoms. So, like, why can't you have that in the GA and still play your matches then as well? Yeah, no, that's a very valid point, Liam. I mean, it's like if you look at club championships, I mean, especially the provincial ones. You're not talking about traveling a massive distance. I mean, within Leinster, I mean, there's kind of a very handful, hand few, or sorry, handful of teams that Kilkenny teams to be playing the likes of Wexford, Dublin, or that which, um, it isn't like they're traveling major distances or whatever that if they are. But yeah, I think it's something that personally, I think it's something, and even like I was saying, another revenue stream for the GEA as well because. Come next March, if they were able to bring the fixtures back, and um, sorry, the club finals back to Croke Park, say in St Patrick's Day, hopefully there'll be some breakthrough. But with the club finals finishing last weekend, the inter county season's going to start. Tipperary reigning all earned hurling champions and Dublin going for six in a row in the football. Are there anyone do you think could stop either of those? Or will Kilkenny or Kerry, the two Ks, come back maybe challenge this year? Well, with the the games are all kind of uh, they're one off games, so I suppose you're back to that kind of old style of uh, championship where you have to kind of bring your best every game. And if you're if you're off it for a second, you know you could be heading home for the rest of the year. Like so, I think definitely like that adds a kind of uh, a kind of random kind of element to it. And you've had like over the years, like back before it kind of you had the back door and stuff. You had. All Ireland champions going out in the in the first round. Now I don't expect you know Tipperary and Dublin to go out in the first round, but uh, definitely, I think one off structure will make it uh, very interesting. Do you? T- I I agree completely with you. And like you're saying, sometimes is sometimes teams if they go say a couple of points behind them. Not saying they they don't want to win, but when there's a chance for backdoor there, or say if there's preliminary, say kind of a group stage or that teams but I think the knockout will really uh, bring it about do you think fans will be allowed to I mean will they be 
will they be the big hype around it as they would be previous years if only 200 are allowed go? I don't, I like, I don't know, I can't really see there being massive amounts of fans going to games the way the kind of numbers are at the moment. Now, hopefully they'll improve and stuff, but uh, I don't know, I can't, I can't see there being big atmosphere and like, even in Crow Park, like, how many people are you going to be able to get in comfortably social distancing and to have a, like a, a big enough kind of atmosphere? So, and I think we're going to be looking at uh, at the very least half empty, empty stadiums for a lot of these games. Yeah, what do you think, Liam? Do you think, um, do you think what Robbie was saying there? It's a very valid point. It's going back to those knockout that there no real second chances anymore. Do you think that will make it exciting? And do you think the championships will be as exciting without big numbers of supporters there? Yeah, I think having you know, the football supporters is going to take away from it a bit. It's going to take away from like the occasion, like especially if you know, you make it to the final and you're only able to have you know, your 200 supporters there. But I think it's definitely going to improve the competition uh, in terms of like you're going to have to tr- treat every game like it could be your last. So you're going to, what everyone wants to go out and You know, hurdle or best. You know, I think it's definitely going to improve uh, the standards there, and the standard there is already you know, through the roof. So I can only see it going up as well. Um, it's going to be tough though with the whole fans thing. Like you know, we can imagine all the uh, the color of like Munster hurling final day, or you know, all these kind of great kind of sporting occasions where there's like just supporters are kind of they're as the guys are saying they're kind of every bit as part of it as the players, and you know. That is going to oh, be... Yeah, like, I know like you you feed off the supporters so much, but the, at the end of the day, you're there because you want to hurl and, and you want to bring your A-game every day. So I, I don't think... It, like For the players on the pitch, I don't think it's going to be too much. Now, I do know... like We have said already that like the, the supporters will massively switch a game, like uh, you know, uh, a big tackle or... Uh, a big turnover in play or a great save or something like that could switch on the you fans know, and switch over the ball. You know what though? You know, there's some teams that could be at a huge advantage here of playing uh, with nobody watching. You know, the likes of Carlo and Waterford footballers and stuff like that. Like they're going to be in their natural Leitrim environment. Lads. Leitrim are going to are going to win the All Ireland. Simple as Leitrim. Excel. <laughs> he actually read. 100%. I mean, if you think about it, one of the most imposing teams, I mean, Dublin are phenomenal football side and it's after being proven. But one of the things, the kind of the over and on factors for a lot of teams is having what, 50, 60,000 supporters even more roaring down at you on the field. Uh, do you think they could be surprises before we switch? Before we finish up, do you think they could be surprises in the championship this year? Not on about the likes of. Dublin being turned over. I mean, it's it's very hard to see until an all Ireland semi-final or something like that. But do you think the scorelines could be an awful lot more closer or big teams could get a fright sooner um, than they would have in previous years because the cra- big crowd's not been there? I think there's the weather factor as well, you know. Uh, like, obviously, I think the, the no supporters will make it kind of tighter games, but you're going to have you know, football in Hurling in November and December. Like, you know, so that's going to 
it's going to be a huge leveller for all the teams. Yeah, that's very true, actually. Liam, you'd know it as well. I mean, with rugby, say if you compare rugby to GA, GAs mainly play during the summer months and very, say, the early spring or that. There are not many games in winter. Do you think the entertainment factor may not be as good this year because the conditions won't be great? I mean, in All-Ireland final taking place in December, if you look at it from the rugby context, do you think they could be an awful lot low scoring games in soft ground or say frosty conditions? I think uh, maybe for the first one or two games in the colder weather, it'll be lower, but like the teams are going to adapt. You, know, like, you, you see in rugby, like there's, there's never really a low scoring game unless the two teams are so well matched. Um, so you, you do get used to the environment you're playing in. You know, like obviously, a hurling footballer are more used to playing uh, in around the summer times or the end of summer. So like they're used to playing on the hard ground, fast ball. But um, it's whichever team is going to be able to adapt better to the shitty conditions um, will have the advantage. Um, and then again, at the end of the day, it's going to be the fitter team. So like the fitter guys on that pitch are going to be able to work harder in that that soft ground and. Yeah, just a shame. So laps and drinking bans are going to take a, a huge importance. This uh... <laughs> drinking bans can fuck <laughs> off, <laughs> and laps laps can go fucking sit beside them. <laughs> Do you know what? I I have a philosophy here that if you you're able to train a team good enough, drinking bans shouldn't be important. So, but uh, park it there at the moment, lads, on the GEA side anyway. Uh, Liam, you're telling us off air, we're after, which is brilliant. Um, our listeners are coming up with suggestions. And if anyone has any suggestions, of course, contact us on Facebook, Instagram, or email, email us either at twohandsonthehurlpodcast at gmail.com. But one of our favorite segments for us and for the listeners, I think, as well, is on about a, a president of the United States. And we have a suggestion for a name for this segment of the podcast. Yeah, so uh, my little brother got on to me about this, actually, and I said it was the first time I fucking got a text off him in weeks. <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm listening to your uh, 20-year episodes here. And uh, first off, I was saying, poor fucker. Um, <laughs> but he said, uh, for our, our segment on Trump, instead of the Trump of the week, we should call it Top Trumps. And I think that's a great idea, lads. It's a brilliant idea. What do you think, Robbie? Well, as the person uh, who suggested Trump of the week, I'm going to be totally against this. And I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, because, uh, <laughs> we should change it. <laughs> take the pressure off uh, me naming the slot, you know, to let someone else take the heat. We we actually have to come up with some jingle for this now, actually. Be, that's, that's our homework for the next week. So for what's it again? Top Trump's? Top Trumps, yeah. Trumps. So for this week's Top Trumps and Two Hands on the Hurl podcast, we're finally, after how long is he in office? Four and a half years or more? With the election coming up in November, we finally know what Donald Trump's paying in tax. And it's absolutely shocking. You have more on that, Robbie. Yeah, I think it was um, was New York Times or something kind of published the... Some sort of tax thing of saying that he paid like seven hundred and fifty dollars one year. So obviously, uh, 
with a man with a, a gold-plated uh, toilet in his uh, Trump Tower, like that doesn't really seem to to add up, I suppose. You know, was he? <laughs> I was going to think, was he paying the signing for credits for the other day or something? <laughs> that he's only paying 750 a year. Oh, yeah, I don't know if it's a presidential tax or something like that. I don't know what the story is, but uh, is it going to, do you think there's a debate tonight between Trump and uh, Biden? And it's obviously going to uh, to come up in the debate, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what Trump has to say about it and if uh, Biden can make uh, make much hay out of it. What do you think, Liam? Do you think... Do you think, like, uh... <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, DJ, let's just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Fair play to him, lads. Fair fucking play. He knows it's how to work, to learn, he knows how to work the system. Yeah, he knows how to work the system, lads. I know we do a lot of bashing of him, but fucking hell. He's got his two hands uh, on the hurl, to be sure. Yeah, he fucking has in some areas, alright, yeah. What a man. Presidential debates coming up tonight as well, lads. Um, what's your opinions on it? Do you think? I mean, if you look at the last debates, Hillary Clinton won them hands down, but yet she lost the election. Uh, do you think the debates are just a waste of time? Uh, there's rumor going around Joe Biden's only going to do one anyway. So, do you think it will have much of an impact? I don't know. I think, like, as we kind of said before, like, a lot of Americans have their, their mind made up. But I think it's just good, like, uh, to watch the highlights of it. It's just, like, complete carnage of, like, what would be probably, like, Trump trying to make fun of Biden. And I don't know if you've seen much of Biden stuff, but he can be quite uh, incoherent at times. So I'm just kind of be looking forward to the highlight reel in the morning with uh, just all the different kind of bloopers and all the crazy stuff that uh, Trump's going to come out with. But I don't think it's going to... Uh, it's going to change many Americans and how they're going to vote and that sort of thing. You know, I think it's just uh, it's good uh, reality TV really for us over here. I know it's very interesting. Anyway, it's going to be it's going to be keeping everyone at the edge of their seats for the next while. Anyway, to see what's going to happen. There's a couple of things in the newspapers this week, lads. Um, I find a thought were funny. Uh, one of them's to do, we're on about snakes found in Offaly the last time, but did you hear about the swearing parrots in a zoo over in England? No. I've seen someone, oh. this was like someone taught them to swear or something, was it? Or? Um, I didn't, like, didn't see this at all. Uh, parrots separated at UK zoo after learning to swear. Five foul-made parrots have been separated after learning to swear at a Lincolnshire Zoo, the parrots named Billy, Eric, Tyson, Jade and Elsie uh, joined the Lincolnshire Wildlife Centre of a colony of 200 great parrots in August, but however soon started encouraging each other to swear. What bloody legends. That's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> Boys, could, could you imagine those five parrots got the other 200 to start cursing as well? <laughs> It'd be brilliant. That would have been fucking brilliant. Be like Millwall supporters or something. <laughs> I, fu- I fucking do you. I fucking do you. <laughs> I fucking do you. I fucking do you, mate. Just for any copyright, that's compliments or RTE. When I came across it, I thought it was funny, uh, being honest. And on about snakes and Offaly again, um, any of you scared, scared of spiders, lads? Go on, Liam. Nah, I don't mind them. Now, if if the spider catches me off guard, 
I'll have, you know, it, it, it can be fucking scary. But like, if I see him, he's fucking grand. Let him on, be himself. Now, my housemates, two of my housemates, are fucking terrified. Um, like, I could be downstairs eating me grub, and all I hear upstairs from the sitting room is a fucking scream. Like, leave, leave. <laughs> so obviously, then I know there's a spider in the fucking sitting room. I go up, and he'd be standing on the fucking couch or the table or something like to get away from him. And he could, the spider could be halfway across the room, like. That's I don't mind at all. I pick him up. It's normally. I, I... Go on, Robbie. Yeah. Sorry, man. I was gonna say it's, it's normally like that in my house, but it's usually uh, my uh, little kids are kind of uh, giving out about the spider, so I, don't, I wouldn't be uh, helping out a grown adult with a spider situation. <laughs> yeah, the the guy is thirty two. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, like, yeah, I don't mind them. I'd pick some of them up by their legs and throw them out. But like, don't mind them at all. They're grand. What's your view, Peter? I don't mind them. Genuinely don't mind them. Um, reason I asked was they're saying that spiders are going to invade Irish homes in coming weeks. And there's certain species of them, as you know, can bite. Um, Daddy long legs and the likes of that. Arbweb, or sorry, arbweaving spider as well. So something to look out for in the coming weeks. I wonder, to, is it to do with the the cold weather we're having or something but um yeah it's 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 um it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks anyway uh just one thing before we take a break as well um the premier league as everyone knows is back but there are 10 cases sorry 10 positive cases of coronavirus found within players and officials within uh, the premier league uh, last week and unfortunately for liverpool supporters Diego is one of the players that's after testing positives after being announced. Um, is it a thing? Is it a thing to be concerned about? I know no one wants to be testing positive, but is it a thing that say games might have to be stopped again, lads? Uh, I think they're kind of probably gonna keep going with the games. It's kind of just they're kind of like held off for so long, and there's kind of so much kind of money involved and I think they've got the protocols to kind of deal with kind of outbreaks in clubs and stuff like that but uh, I think unless there's like a, a massive uh, upsurge in cases amongst players like uh, I don't think they're going to kind of stop the games and in on the Thiago point even more importantly for us fantasy football fans that who uh, especially transferred Thiago into their team last week and uh, then he gets coronavirus I think uh Liverpool fans and fantasy football fans are, are both equally as devastated. Especially when you use the wild card as well, which is... Uh, <laughs> in saying that, we wish all the players well and Thiago as well as well. Uh, do you agree with Robbie Lean? Do you think it's kind of once again started back? It's just a matter of what, we're, what fans and players and teams are going to have to deal with. Um, I'm going to be honest, I'd like, I fucking saw one now. I got a text off one of the lads uh, that was out of rugby training tonight. And it, it just got me in the funny bone. I don't know how you didn't hear me laughing at it there. But, uh, yeah, what, what was the question, boys? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you actually caught me there, I forget. I know um, 
the, there are 10 positive cases within the Premier League um, at the moment. Do you, think, do you think it's a matter of what teams are going to have to put up with? Are they, will the games be stopped again or will they just push on and just try and deal with uh, case? I think I think they're just going to have to push on, and like obviously, those players have tested positive, um, self isolate, and then maybe test the other players that have been in the close contact with them. And obviously, if they come back negative, fire away. Um, but if you know, if a lot of them come back positive, um, it's either going to have to be given. The game either given to the other team or if it can be rescheduled, reschedule it or that kind of thing. But they're going to have to just uh, power on, I think. Yeah, I agree completely with you there, Liam. It's, I think it's gone to the stage now they, they are going to have to push on. And I mean, there's too much of financial implications as well for to. Uh, I'm not saying footballers would be poor or anything, but um, for some of the smaller clubs or that. And they can't afford. We're going to take a break anyway. I think Liam's mad to get near an apple crumble. Uh, he was oh, boys, unreal. <laughs> the the housemate's uh, mother baked it and dropped it down. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of it down to me, so I'm going to fucking dig into that. Rip Be into gone it. in seconds. <laughs> Hoover it up, boys. <laughs> Swallow. <laughs> we take a break, lads. We'll be back shortly. Go, go. Welcome back after the break. I hope everyone's well. Did you enjoy the apple crumble, Lee? Oh, boys. It was unfucking real Like, it was just, it was perfect. Um, did, did you eat the thing or what did you do? Yeah, that, like, yeah. Whew. Well, I had one. Yeah, the Amer- Amer- American pie experience, American crumble oh. experience. I know, I, I was going to say, it sounds like Jim ate the American pie the way Lee was going on there. <laughs> uh, boys, you have to, this is a, a pie you have to experience. War? <laughs> are, are we still talking about the same thing? or? Yeah, yeah. Um, there was cloves in it as well, which was, it was my first experience of cloves in an apple crumble. And it really worked, lads. It was unreal. So it's a, a high five from Liam for that crumble. Yep, absolutely. Savage. Worst part about it is none of us got any of it. So Yeah, and you never fucking will either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before a row breaks out here, before we go on to our ever um, famous high ball, uh, racing our true to the Heineken Cup final and Donica Ryan had an absolute savage game as well. You're in love with Donica Ryanly, aren't you? Thirty-seven years of age and still a monster. Like I am, boys, and like it's just he's an absolute fucking monster. Uh, yeah, fucking hero, lads. Um, I suppose it was probably one of the first monster matches I ever watched. I was watching uh, Donica Ryan, and I suppose that kind of uh, he would have been the motivation to say, "Fuck it, I'd love to be able to do something like that." And uh, Started good in, played a bit of rugby, fucking loved it ever since. So absolutely loved the man. Like yeah, he's he's been there for how many fucking years now and he's just he's always performed. I don't think he's ever had a shockingly bad game. Like, you know, he he always just demands the best of himself and 
motivates lads around him by what he does, you know. That kind of player, really. Do you think you kind of maybe uh, managers and stuff would have held him back from being more involved in the Irish squad or do you reckon he just didn't play as well for the Irish squad or what, do you have a thoughts on that? I don't know. I think like he was in the time where like Ireland weren't stuck for second rows or for back rows. Like, uh, you, know, you had the likes of Peter O'Mahony there as well, uh, Sean O'Brien in the back row. You know, like when the two of them were fully fit, no one else got a shout to be honest, lads. Um, because they were just so good at where they played. Uh, you had fucking Stephen Ferris there as well. So, and it was a very, it would have been very tough for him to get in. But um, I just, I just loved his style of play, lads. And um, a stat for you, he never scored a professional try until he went to Racing, I think. Never. That's crazy considering that monster just like just bash people with forwards. Yeah. Or to get over the line. Actually, one, one player that I would have great time for, and he's involved with Dunica Ryan as well as Simon Zebo. And I'm just actually reading uh, mm-hmm. just this minute. I was actually going to ask, should, should Simon Zebo, should IRFU uh, kind of change their policy and allow Simon Zebo back? Uh, because I think I think he does have something to add to the Irish team. I know Liam disagrees with me, but uh, yeah. but I'm actually just reading Joanne Van Gran addresses Hawk and Munster return for Simon Zebo. Is it a matter of time? Is the pressure coming on that he has to be signed back to an Irish province and especially be back to his home on to get into the Irish team? Because I think he really has something to offer. Nah, fucking love him where he is. <laughs> Will he get into the Leinster team, Liam? Nah, not a fucking hope. <laughs> Joe, well, I think he he's really good, though. Sorry, just Go on, what Robert. I think he's really good at is uh, he's just got this kind of the kind of random sort of factor. You like, you, you never know what the fuck he's gonna do, which is like probably the one thing that is completely absent from Irish teams or any sort of bad Irish performance. Like you just, they seem to have a plan A and a plan A likes and they don't really seem to have a whole lot from that. Whereas likes Azebo would kind of, you know, like he kind of, he get defenders thinking and, you know, the way, so I think he would be good uh, to be able to bring on. But having said that, I don't think that the RFU should change their policy for him. Like, I think, you know, they changed the policy for Sexton. They kind of because he's obviously the main man. So, but I think if they're kind of going to play guys who are going to play outside Ireland in the national team, then that will kind of the provinces are going to suffer big time, you know. So, I was just about. So to I think about that. Is it a bit hypocritical? No, I mean Johnson Sexton's Johnson Sexton. I mean, can't take it away. I mean, if we came back to the Ron O'Gara Johnson Sexton debate, I'd be Ron O'Gara. But I mean, what he's after doing since. But isn't it, is it terrible that Simon Zebo is left out in the cold? I mean, the rule could be kind of changed, as Robbie said, for Johnson Sexton. But yet Simon Zebo done the same thing. I'm not saying went to a big club. I mean, there are a few weren't offering the same thing. Went, had to go young man, but he's still 30 years of age. Still a lot tougher, but yet he's left out in the wilderness and... 
the only way back for him is to go back to an Irish province. Is it right, Liam? Uh, I don't know. I'd like, let him on. Like, um, I think, obviously, he's, he's playing well over in with the French rugby. Like That style of play suits him. Um, but I don't think Munster's style suited him. Um, and Robbie said, like you can, he can get the defenders thinking when he has that bit of space, when he has that second on the ball. But like, if you look at the at the teams now with like your rush defense and stuff like that, like he doesn't have that time on the ball, so he can't can't do it. I don't, I don't, I don't think he suits Ireland's style of play. But and like you, you, you can't. You, you can't change your style of play for one player. But going back on Robbie's point there, is it a matter that we have to kind of be able to adapt? Is it just because he might instill the current style of play? I mean, we're after being found out in World Cups, unfortunately, the past couple of years, Six Nations, um, we seem to be a good bit behind England. Is it time for the style of play to change? Or did Andy Farrell have enough of time to implement what he wants to do wider? Will we find out when rugby returns and with the new tournament they're after setting up, will there be a new style of play there? Yeah, you, you can see it coming into the provinces. Like There's a lot more kind of open style play um, <clears throat> as opposed to what Robbie said and just box kick and chase. Um, which is so just, just to say as well, like I don't, I don't think we should completely change our style because uh, obviously, like uh, we got a lot of success from what we did do and all that sort of stuff. But just think that whenever we have lost games or you know, like you're watching Ireland and they're being just so frustrating that they're not really making any sort of progress. Uh, that likes of Zebo and even uh, Ian Madigan, who's another player who just comes on and. Uh, he has a kind of ra- random sort of uh, element to his play and just get defenders thinking. So just to be able to bring on as a sub, yeah. that's all I'm saying. There's a player, lads. Ian Madigan. I know he's a 10, but I think he is a way better 12. Just throw it out there. If you only let the slip of a lad. Ah, he's not, though. Like, he's, he's fucking solid. Like Interesting point there, Liam, actually. Interesting point. I think he's a, a way better 12. And then you have that extra option of a dinky kick or something like. I know it's interesting points there, Liam. Fair is fair. I don't often agree with you, but interesting points. I think it'd be a section we're going to be returned to anyway because um, not only with uh, not only with the Heineken Cup finals coming, or sorry, it's the European Channel. Challenge Cup now is it? I'm calling it the Heineken Cup. Sorry, but um, with that final coming up and then the international duty coming back soon as well, uh, there's a lot more to talk about. And maybe, maybe I might get me wish that Simon Zebo will come back to Ireland. But anyway, we move on to the high ball. It's a bit of a different high ball this week, lads. Uh, we were after getting a correspondence to our email, and I was able to latch onto it before anyone else saw it. So luckily no one else saw it. Uh, it's a letter looking for, sorry, an email looking for a bit of advice. So I read it out and then I get your opinions on it. Hi lads, I've never done this before, but I need some advice. The issue I'm having is there's a girl I used to go out with years ago. We broke up and went our separate ways. 
I came across photos lately from Snapchat memories, and I think I'm still in love with her. There have been many other sense, sense, but each I try to, and with each, I try to compare to her. And as a result, I broke up with them, and they're really wonderful people. And the trouble is, I don't think she wants anything to do with me anymore. A few years ago, I reached out and told her I still had feelings for her, and it didn't go well. What do I do? Cheers for taking time to read. And please keep my name anonymous, and we will keep those wishes there. What do you think, lads? Very deep this week, but... I think this is you, TJ. <laughs> you, e- you emailed us yourself, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everyone might have been in that position, but I can honestly say, hand on heart, it's not me. No. Uh, but it's the time for him to move on, lads. Yeah, I think so. Like um, you just said, you think everyone has been in that position. Uh, I haven't. I don't. I don't tend to. Like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Yeah, you know, there's nothing I can do about it to change that. Um, so, like, it's just who I am. I know. Fuck it. Yeah, what I've done wrong, what they've done wrong. It it, it just doesn't work sometimes. So, um, regardless of how you feel, um. She she's made it clear that she wants nothing to do with him. So I think it's time to uh, you know, about face and move on. Like I know it's, it's obviously it's going to be tough. It's going to be uh, you know, like as I said, he thinks he's in love with her. So uh, fuck it, like uh, that's going to be tough to forget those memories and shit. But big one there is stop comparing everyone else back to her because um, no one is going to be well, not to every two people are the same like there's no one is the same everyone's different in their own way so uh, comparing people uh, to who you, you loved or who you thought you loved or whatever it just isn't going to work uh, find what you like in the new person and happy days Bob's your uncle on you go now, the one thing, there are no age or anything in this, so we don't know what age the listener is that sent it in. Um, how, old, how old are you, TJ? <laughs> <laughs> That's how old this person is. <laughs> I put it this way to you, lads. Old enough to realise that. Uh, move on, move on. Uh, what do you think, Robbie? Do you agree with Liam? Or... Yeah, I yeah, completely agree. I think... Uh... You know, I, I, I kind of echo the point of like comparing people, like yeah, you because know, everyone, everyone is different, and like that's that's what kind of makes the whole you know moving on thing for this person, you know, like the interesting in the fact that like no one is going to be the same, you know, so they should embrace that and try and look for you know someone unique and someone who's possibly completely different from you know the person they used to be with, like you know, because you're never going to find you know the the a similar person to what you had already you know the way and even if you did maybe it wouldn't work out as well like you know the way so uh like if there's some element do you think like there's some element that might work out maybe give it one more go and then you know then you'd have tried everything you, you could have and then put it to bed then but you know there's no point in keep trying and keep trying and keep trying you're better off to just move on and try and be happy elsewhere so i think anyway yeah, no, I I I echo your opinions on that. Is 
one thing that's standing out is um and it's no disrespect to the to the person sent in the message or anything but it seemed to have coming up again when photos came up on his on his snapchat memory um and like if the listener wants to come back to us again and say well was he always thinking about her or something or was it just um was it just that the photos kind of yeah, you see, yeah, photos are photos are tricky because like they're going to make you feel how you felt in that moment. You're know, like, no one has a photo of the bad times, you know, so you're not going to remember something bad from the memories that pop up on Snapchat. Yeah, you, you know, like if you go onto Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, uh, whatever, like there's no sad photos up there. You know, it's all good, happy photos, and it's going to bring you to that feeling of you know, the joy or love or whatever was in that moment uh, you're not going to have a photo up at the time you fucking drop something you know, for me uh, drop the bowl of fucking ice cream or something and cry you know, I'm not going to have a photo I'm not going to have a photo of that up because Apple. it's sad is that, yeah, drop, is that drop reason to break up with someone Dolly? <laughs> it's crazy yeah, you know. fucking, a harsh fucking standard you have there <laughs> Don't drop you only get one shot with Liam, lads. Fucking hell. <laughs> just, don't dro- just don't drop my fucking food. Like what? Uh, <laughs> no, but like, you, you know, like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you know, no one has a photo of a heartbreak. Yeah. You know, no one, you don't have a photo of, of a bad time. No, it's the bad times that live in your memories. And that's, to be honest, if you broke up, obviously there was some bad time for one E there. So, um, you have to remember the bad times as well as the good and know why you broke up and why it didn't work out in the first place. Um, you know, I, I think you uh, have to, have to kind of move on, get on with your life, um, especially if it was made clear by her or the other person that they just they have no interest in restarting again. I think that's when you know you have to move on, start looking for someone else. Yeah, no, I... Oh, sorry, Robbie. No, I was just going to say, just, you know, there's plenty of, as the saying goes, there's plenty of fish in the sea, and, you know, you can find someone, you know, next week who could make them ten times happier than this other person ever could, you know, so just keep the chin up and, uh, you know, get back on the hunt, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think the one thing reading from the email that came in was that he's, with what she said there, that he's trying to compare everyone else to her. And maybe, am I a bit harsh in saying it, maybe he might need to take a bit of time. He said it was a few years ago it happened uh, that they split up and now it's that he was kind of judging um, partners since then on traits that she had. Maybe he just needs time to himself, does he, to... In other words, before he can move on, that would it be fair to hop into another relationship and accept it kind of put, look for the same standards that was there previously and kind of judge people because they don't have it? Should he just take time away from trying to get into a relationship? Yeah, well, everyone's going to be different in that aspect, Tage. Oh, it's going to be whatever he can do to work on himself to get his mindset right and be able to move on properly. Um, and if that means take t- 
time to himself. Uh, obviously, do that, take time to himself, or if it's kind of move on, try to get with someone else and go from there. And if that works for him, it works for him. But like, everyone's going to be that small but different. Uh, I know for me, it's like, as I said, I know like what I've done wrong or what they've done wrong and what didn't, didn't work out. And I'll take that on board and I'll move on from there. Um, so like for me, I'm oh, like, I don't want to blow my own horn here, but I'm a fairly sensible dude. So I know, I know what I've fucked up on and that kind of shit. But uh, yeah, obviously if he needs to take time to himself, take time to himself. Um, but find he, like he needs to find what works for him to be able to improve who he is or improve his mental state or whatever like and then be able to say, all right, I want to find someone new kind of job. Is it a consequence of the time, Robbie? I mean, I don't mean to be targeting you on this, but um, it's just something came into my head that is it tougher now on people since the social media age, say compared to now we don't know the age of the person that sent it in. So, but say say compared to 10 years ago or even more where if you broke up with someone well you it wouldn't be pushed into your face on social media every time you log on or should he actually block her on it like is it a thing that for him to move on he's going to have to kind of in other in other words stop seeing what's say or posts or anything is the social media age making it harder yeah, well, I know like we, we kind of talked about social media before and like the kind of the the ills of social media. And this is definitely a, a kind of another one of them. It's kind of you're getting the best of that person. And, you know, it's kind of the constant reminders and all that sort of stuff, you know, like not don't necessarily have to block this person, but maybe just mute their posts and just kind of don't have them kind of popping up on their on their timeline and stuff, you know. But I think it's definitely it's kind of it can like there's you can argue both that it is it's easier to to move on because you've got kind of so many people you know that you could talk to straight away but then it's you're always going to get these kind of constant reminders as well so it's kind of easier to move on but also you know easier to be reminded of you know a person that you used to be with or whatever you know but from my point of view I've uh, been with the same person for 15 years so I don't really know <laughs> what the what Keep the uh, what this is like so <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i'm not sure what this is like so i'm just i'm complete i'm uh talking uh completely uh i think or just like you know what i think it might be like but uh at the moment i'm i'm happy out pal you know so uh i don't have these problems not my problem <laughs> not my problems unless she drops a bottle of ice cream then it could be you know it could be game over <laughs> game over yeah game over <laughs> Game over, girl. <laughs> so before we finish up, lads, our advice to the listener, it seems he should move on and, in other words, see what he's happy with. Is that to sum up what we're saying? Yeah, I, I think move on has to be... Move on is the only way forward here, I think. Yeah, and stop comparing as well. Yeah. You know, everyone, everyone's different in their own way and that's what makes everyone cool and special like so there's no point in comparing you know, the new person to the last person kind of thing it's like an Ireland comedian he was saying I can't get over you till you come out from under him so <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, fuck. That's good. <laughs> so I can't really ask, does the listener have the two hands on the hurl? Because it's actually a strange highball this week, but it's some up what Robbie, Liam, saying it's, it's time to move on. And you never know what future it holds, but you have to focus on yourself. And uh, there are probably happier days ahead with, as Robbie said, plenty more fish in the sea. Yeah, or another uh, another one would be uh, life's like a box of chocolates, and you never know who's going to be you know? Bounty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that in a good way towards Bounty. I hope you know that. <laughs> sure you do. Sure you do. <laughs> Fucking Bounty. Ugh. So I thought we left. I thought we left that on last week's episode. No, one hundred percent. Bounty is here to stay. It's coming into Bounty season. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Tis the best be... season to be jolly. Fala la la la. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we leave it at that, lads, before we get into a bounty row again. And if anyone else um, has anything they'd like to advise on or any opinions, of course, you can contact us on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, email us at two hands and a. Sorry. Two hands on the hurl podcast at gmail.com. Enjoy. You said two hands on the podcast again. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Emails on our, on our Facebook and Instagram feed anyway, so there are no excuses there. Uh, enjoyable lads, thanks a million. And uh, I think we leave it at that if you're happy. Happy, yeah, fucking, fucking delighted. <laughs> Great hosting teacher. <laughs> Good luck, good luck. Hey, bye, 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 b